1: Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating,
0: but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos.
1: And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. We love audiobooks and we suspect that you do too. Because you're a Soulful MBA listener, you can get an audiobook of your choice and a 30-day free trial over at audibletrial.com slash soulfulmba.
0: Again, that's audibletrial.com slash soulfulmba for your free audiobook. Hi, everyone.
1: Welcome to the Soulful MBA podcast, episode 107, how to know when you're ready to start an online business. I'm Jenny Barcelos, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sandy Connery. Hey, Sandy. Hi, Jenny. Hi, everybody. So this episode today is really designed to walk you through a checklist that you can go through to figure out if you're actually ready to start that business. But Sandy wants to give you a little bit of advice first.
0: (laughs) I was just saying before we hit record that... Ready is never ready. Like, you're never ready, you know? Like, it's never like, check, check, check. Okay, I'm ready. Because you're just, there's always things that you aren't ready for that you don't know about, and that's perfectly okay. And I think we see a lot of people in our industry, our clients waiting for something to happen, or they're just not ready. They're just not ready. They're just not ready. And so that's what we want to talk about is like how to get a little bit more clear about when you are ready, but knowing that no one is ever truly ready.
1: I'm going to continue along the line of relating starting a business to having a child because (laughs) I just the longer I am in both parenthood and business, the more those two things relate to one another. And I would say it's the same thing with having a baby, right? Like you cannot possibly ever be ready to become a parent. And yet the process of becoming a parent is what makes you one. It makes you ready to be
0: one. The difference is though that when you are pregnant, that baby is going to come. Whereas if you're starting a business, That business just doesn't come on its own. You have to actually take the action, do something to to make that business start where a baby just comes. I think some people would disagree with you.
1: I mean, I think there's some truth to that. And I think that's part of why we advocate just kind of going all in once you make the decision to start a business and become an entrepreneur to commit to something either financially or with some other method that sort of forces you into action because otherwise procrastination will take over. With anything that's hard, there are going to be points along the way where you want to turn back or you want to hit the pause button and you want to have built in kind of built in resources that keep you from... Stopping or giving up too quickly.
0: Mm-hmm. So we have. Which you also can't do when you have a baby. You can't just stop. <laughs> That's, you have true. To keep going. That's true. That's <laughs> true.
1: Although yeah. some people would would wish otherwise. I think at three <laughs> o'clock in the morning when they're awake. That's true. Okay. So, okay. So, really, we want to talk to you about some tangible steps that you want to have in mind when you're starting a business. And really, these are not just factors to consider when starting a business, these are factors to consider just in general in having a business or having a product out in the world. And the first one is that your product or service addresses a need. And we have talked about this theme consistently throughout our podcast and on our blog. And it, there's this whole idea that I think when we're little kids and we think about entrepreneurship or we think about starting something, we think we're going to invent it, right? We, we think we're going to like magically manifest something out of thin air or out of our creativity or out of our imagination. And then that process is going to somehow create a need in the world for that thing to exist. And while that does happen miraculously sometimes, for the most part, a successful business or a successful product is going to be addressing an existing need of a particular group of people.
0: Yeah, a need or a a pain point. And so you have to approach this whole business baby in a way that you're looking at it such that your business is solving a pain is solving a problem for someone it's not just about you and how much you love doing this thing you're super passionate about this idea or this topic or this thing if nobody wants it if there's no one who is interested in buying it then you do not have a business and there is no need to go any further so that's what's called product market fit you need to find something that you love to do that you're really good at but also more importantly people want to buy from you Mm -hmm.
1: and we we go through this in detail in our Soulful MBA course, it's essentially phase one of starting a business. You really have to make sure that your passion, your creativity, your talent intersects with a consumer need in the market. And that's just, that's just sort of a fact of capitalism. And the sooner we can all get comfortable with that, the better off we're going to be. Sandy here is teaching me to become a good capitalist. This is a <laughs> lifelong education for me personally, but I do. I, I've I've sort of drank the truth serum with this at this point, and I I wholeheartedly believe it. Okay, so the second factor we want you to consider when thinking about starting a business is that you understand the risks that are involved. And we don't want to scare you off from taking on this new endeavor, but there are you know, there are negative impacts to starting a business or starting a company. And we just want to make sure that you're aware of what those are. So things like you can lose money, like you can make an investment in yourself or in an idea, and it cannot pan out or not pan out quickly enough. If you are in a position where you need the stability of a paycheck, please do not quit your job in order to start a business like we I've seen this a lot particularly Sandy when we were mentoring other software entrepreneurs mm-hmm. there were a lot of people that were like really excited about the idea of leaving their jobs and so they would quit and give themselves like a 6 month or even a 3 month runway in order to replace their income and if you need that income of a of a steady job to support yourself and your family please do not quit your job Business takes time to build, especially one that is not like a get rich quick scheme, right? Like you're wanting to build something meaningful that's going to last, that you can scale over time. And it takes exactly that to do. So it takes time to build that up. And so the more that you can start a side hustle while you're still employed, the better chances you have of success, because I just have seen so many people quit their jobs and then simply have to return and get another job, you know, within a year. And that's a, I think that's a really bad feeling.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, it is. And I think it's so easy to get so excited, and you're like, sure that this is going to work, and then all this money is going to come in. And it's, you know, I would add a good year or two mm-hmm. to really think that you know, really get that income back. So that's why we are huge fans of the side hustle, because it does tend to take longer than what most people think. And if it happens faster, then great. But prepare for that one to two year kind of timeline, I think, is is fairly reasonable for most people. Yeah, to replace an income. You certainly can be making
1: plenty of money before then. But you also have costs involved, right? There are startup costs involved with any business. And so you have to factor that in. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing that I think for me was personally devastating that I didn't realize would happen early on was like the negative feedback that comes in from either people who are frustrated that you're trying to market to them or people who are unhappy with something that you've made in some way. And I think that this is true of anything, right? Like, you're gonna have people that don't like what you're doing. You're going to, if you're on the internet, which if you're, I mean, that's what this whole podcast is about, right? This episode is about starting an online business. And pretty much every business is on the internet now in terms of marketing. Like, you're gonna have internet trolls. You're gonna have people who are saying horrible things with the anonymity of hiding behind a screen name. And that just happens. And I, I am a super introverted, empathetic person. And for me, that was devastating at first. And And to be honest, it still is, but I get shielded from a lot of that at this point. But it's still, it's terrible. And so just know that that's part of the cost of doing business.
0: Yeah, I think anybody who has a clinic or a studio or a gym and works with the public, they're exposed to this. I mean, it is much worse. The severity of the comments, I think, are worse now that you can just write something in a, you know, like a little chat bot thing and just say horrible things yeah. to us. Yeah, And it's just like, I just, I can't spend a second worrying about that jerk across
1: the world. Yeah. Know, world, yeah, somewhere
0: in the world, just sitting there doing that on a Friday night. Like what, oh my oh gosh, my God. we
1: get that and we get it. And I opened up, I opened up our inbox, maybe like a week or two ago, Sandy. Yeah. And was I think I, I there is somebody messaging us sort of terrible things and using the C word. And I just, you know, it takes my breath away still to see those kind of comments and they're not every day. They're almost, they day. almost almost—they almost never happen compared to all the wonderful regular people that we engage with on the internet, but they're there, right? Like somebody is bored on a Friday mm-hmm. night and they're going to put terrible pictures or terrible words <laughs> into a message box and you just have to be yeah. ready that that could happen. Maybe it won't happen. Yep. Maybe you'll be lucky. But for us, I've seen the bigger that we've grown, the more often that stuff happens. Yeah. And That's it's, just part it's of it. A-
0: Delete and move on. Yep. Like n- no emotion to it, nothing. Just like move on, move on, get rid of it, move on. Because you can go sit down some nasty wormholes with that. So yeah, that's right. All right, and the other one is kind of a good problem is being overwhelmed by quick and exponential growth. So if you're product or service sells really well and you have a lot of customers right away, there can be some negative to that in the questions that you have to field, some of the help that you, you know, I can't log in and, or, you know, all sorts of sort of, Those are are the kinds of problems we tra- have. <laughs> Sandy's problem, revealing <laughs> some of
1: our problems.
0: <laughs> but it's like, you want the growth, you want the sales, but just know that if it's really quick, you may not have the team in place to respond to everything.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that's what essentially happened, how you came to be part of the company, Sandy, is that I mean, it wasn't I wouldn't call it exponential, but we grew fast enough with me alone that it didn't work. Like, right. I was like, Oh, I can't do this. I'm gonna have to close this down. <laughs> like, this is too hard. And then it was like, Oh, I could just grow my company and grow my team and bring on a co founder. But all of those things, you know, you got to figure out how to do it. And it's it's if you've never done it before, it's a process. And there's luck involved. And there's skill involved. And I remember when we joined our accelerator, Sandy, I read like, I don't know, I went to the bookstore or I went on Amazon actually because no one goes to the bookstore but I went on Amazon and I bought like every single book about startups (laughs) and I just like I I received boxes of books and was like reading about convertible notes at night because I didn't know the vocabulary like you just Mm -hmm. starting a business a new kind of a business for many of you involves a steep learning curve, and just make sure that you're aware of that, and that you set aside time to learn what you need to learn in order to be successful.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, and I think I would chalk this up to what I call defensive pessimism. Like you want the best, and you want you know great sales and working with wonderful people, but just be ready to deal with the worst case, and then if it turns out. Better than fabulous. But if the worst happens, then you are ready emotionally to handle it. Mm-hmm. Truth. Okay.
1: And the third factor we want you to evaluate when considering starting an online business is that you have faith, strong, unwavering faith in what you're building and what your skill set is. You need to have a real bit of confidence in order to to take on this kind of an endeavor. And you really need to believe in yourself and what you have to offer to the world. And I think most of you do. Most of us do. But I also think that every single one of us has a little bit of imposter syndrome inside. And so this is going to be a constant wrestling with, within yourself to make sure that that confident part of you that believes in what you're offering is stronger than that voice that's, you know, Fear-based.
0: Mm-hmm. I think. I think too. There's something about choosing your business idea, that product or service, in an area that you can continue that excitement that will drive you, like as what you've just described. I think I can be someone that can get excited about something and then go, oh, okay, I don't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And then, so you just need to recognize that if you are like that, that you like have a deep interest in this, and you want to teach that, and then you, oh, that's boring now, I want to jump over here and teach that, that that is sort of a recipe for disaster. So just really take stock of what it is you want to teach, make sure that it is, you know, has product market fit, as we said in point one, but also that you will be able to remain excited to talk about it over and over and over and over again, to teach it in different ways to answer the same questions, all that kind of stuff. But I think there's a different, like a certain personality that Jumps here and starts this and then gets bored and jumps over here and starts something else, you know? Like just Mm -hmm. be aware of that because that is a really difficult, very difficult business model.
1: Yeah, I, I would say I have the belief that everything in business is an experiment. And so I never take to I never take any one event or one idea too seriously. So for example, I have rock solid core belief in our product, right? But in terms of like any marketing strategy or or like anything like that, I just am like, well, let's try this on. And if it doesn't work, then that's just data, it's information, but it doesn't shake my belief in our software. And I think that that's that's how I would put it out there. The same thing with with my family's business. I really believe in the skincare products and the candles that we make. And if we have a market day that isn't amazing or isn't what we expect, I don't then have doom and gloom about our entire business, right? Like my family's business is still going to exist and it's not the end of the world. And I, I think that for many of us, it takes time, like years of time to build up that kind of confidence and what we've created. And so for, for those of you who are newer at your profession and you're considering taking it online, I want to just make sure that you have a way to channel this confidence and maybe it's just having a mastermind to connect with, or an accountability partner, but somebody that is going to be there and sort of shine your brightness back at you <laughs> in, in sort of like a touchy-feely way. This sort of reconfirmed to you that you do have a particular skill set and a particular gift. And even if you have some hardships, that that
0: doesn't define you and your work. Absolutely. That's right. Okay. Fourth one is that you have or are actively building an audience. And we spoke about this in the last episode about laying the groundwork for your business, but I think it's worth repeating that you have to start building an audience. And whether that means you are podcasting or blogging or going on Instagram live every day, whatever it is, you need to start to build up that audience because those are like the roads to your business. That's the only way people are going to find you is if you're consistently putting out new content.
1: Yep, that's right. Yeah. And so I want to reiterate too that this doesn't necessarily have to be an online audience. Your audience Mm -hmm. can be offline and you can sell an online product to offline connections, but you need to have an audience. You need to have a group of fans. And I'll just reference again, we can put it in the show notes, this idea of 1000 true fans. If you haven't read that blog post, we highly encourage you to do so. Yeah, that's a great idea that that should be. We should
0: that should resurface every year. I at know least every for all quarter we should just yeah. like reread that blog post and analyze it. That's right. Okay, and the fifth point is that you have to be in a really good place emotionally, personally, and financially. So if you are, I don't know, about to have. a child and doing your master's and moving across the country, this is probably not the right time to start a new business. Mm -hmm. So if there's huge upheaval in your life, maybe that this idea needs to be put on hold. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've had quite a few clients come to us in the midst of say a divorce
1: and then realize that the timing wasn't optimal to really start a business like in those those moments of crisis and upheaval if there's a death in the family you may feel inspired to kind of pursue your dreams and take on this um, this thing you've been wanting to do for a really long time but the truth is is that that's not the ideal time to to start a business because you might not be feeling that way tomorrow so make sure that you're just in the right headspace and in the right financial space to be able to take something like this on. Okay, number six, and I would say we cannot emphasize this enough, is to understand your niche or understand your market. So this is something that I would say most people in the beginning stages of building an online business do not understand. They do not fully grasp how important it is to target a very, very particular group of people with an online offering. But the sooner you figure this out, the more quickly you'll find success online.
0: I think it feels really scary to narrow things down. It feels like you're limiting the number of people that will purchase from you because you're being so specific. But that's the exact opposite. It's the key to success. It's the key to more sales is really being hyper, 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 hyper niche. Don't be general. Don't be broad. Don't be for everyone. Be really specific. And I know it feels scary, but it is the best strategy we can give you.
1: This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is an easy-to-use platform that helps you build and sell your own courses, memberships, and live stream programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. You can learn more at namastream.com. Yeah, I would say it's like all of our success is due to this. And whenever we've wavered on this, which we have, Sandy, you (laughs) and I both have, it doesn't work. Right. And and so it and I just will wanna emphasize again, just because you're targeting a certain niche with your marketing and your sort of the way you define and talk about your products doesn't mean other people won't buy it. So you let other people buy what you're selling, even if they're not in your target demographic, but you're really only marketing to a teeny tiny subset of the population. And to be honest, that's how internet marketing works. Like you have to be targeted with any kind of copywriting or any type. Type of paid media, paid advertisement, and anyway. So you might as well just hone in on that and talk to one particular kind of person, and you will find success on the internet.
0: Yeah, and I, I want to say when you do that, your copywriting, the language—it's so much easier to speak in the language of your, your market because it's just instead of being broad, it's so hard. But when you like get really down to details, the language just flows. It's so much easier to copyright, whether that's Facebook ads or email posts or Instagram captions, whatever it is, the copywriting is so much easier.
1: Yeah. And here's a question that we can pose to you. We pose this question to our clients. And I I think this is the best question, single question that we can put out there to help you think through your niche and how to target those people. And it is, is there an unspoken need in your industry that your experience, your talents, and your skills can fill? And that is the million-dollar question or the billion-dollar question with, with a business. And part of that is figuring out you know what your industry is so honing in on that niche and then figuring out who you are and what you offer can fill a void that's in that niche market if you can hone in on that and sandy sandy called this product market fit that's what we call it in the tech space but if you can hone in on that you will ultimately find success that's what every single successful business has been able to do and i just want to put a note in here about innovation because we do have a broad group of listeners that are tuning into the podcast it is absolutely true that innovative work that's being done in the world is not necessarily filling an existing void right like sometimes a company or an idea or an invention comes along that creates a need around it but for you and for us that's not what you should be focused on so that you know that's like inventing a new I don't know. Like that's what Amazon did, right? Like Amazon created an entirely new way of living or Airbnb or whatever. Like there are there are really innovative, inventive companies and people out there in the world like that's Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. Like yes, they exist, but for you to find success, like the success that you need to build a thriving business that can support you and your family, please don't think you have to do that. You just need to look at an existing problem that's there. There are plenty of pain points and problems out there in the world um, for you to be able to solve with your teaching and your coaching and your talents.
0: And it's just fine if, if somebody else is already doing it. It doesn't oh, have yeah. to be something that is like, no one has dealt with this problem before. Like there's probably many people doing it, but you know, as we've often said, it, it, no one's doing it from your perspective, with your experience, with your voice. So answer that question, but don't leave an area because somebody already is teaching in that area.
1: Yeah, because like not everyone, they're not everyone's piece, piece of cake or pie. I don't know what the analogy is. Not everyone likes the same flavor of ice cream, right? I mean, that's the truth. Like ice cream is ice cream, but like there's vegan ice cream and then there's like low calorie ice cream and there are like 3,500 flavors of ice cream. And like, yeah, like you just have to think that what you're offering is in some way different and it is because you're you, right? Nobody else is you. You're a special snowflake. We're all special snowflakes. That's the truth. Hashtag special snowflake. (laughs)
0: All right. Our last point is that you have short and long term plans. Yes. So, Jenny, what? Say I have a couple different. Okay, I'll let you go first. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say that you should have an end game in mind. Like you should have this like very vivid image of the future that you're living into and what you want this business to become and and what you see your entrepreneurial journey as leading to. But the chances are that the first couple of years, as we've talked about earlier, are gonna look really different than that. And you wanna make sure that you have realistic projections and goals for each month, each quarter, and each year. And the first couple of years are gonna look different than year five or year 10, right? And so we just want you to make sure that you see the full life of your business out in front of you, that you let yourself have that imagination and that creative space to map that out. And then you also need to, in terms of the short, And medium term goals, you need to like work on a financial plan and a roadmap to actually, you know, set some goals and then work the formulas backwards to figure out how you need to get there. Because the truth is, it's all math. It is. Like there's you're going to be able to figure out what is your cost to acquire a customer. And then you need to figure out how many customers do you need to have in order to have the size business that you want. And then you can figure out how much money you need to spend to acquire those customers. I mean that's that's actually how the internet works. Like any e-commerce company, any software company or anyone selling an online or digital product has the exact same formula.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think I want people to not get hung up about creating a a formal business plan. I think Mm -hmm. I've done a number of those in my past businesses, and it's all such nonsense. Like, it's just made up numbers. And I really struggle with the value of those in in this context. If you were going to the bank and applying for a huge loan or something, a of credit, then probably, yes, you're going to have to do that. But I think for at this level of business, that a good spreadsheet and maybe, you know, we use a Trello board to set quarterly goals and monthly goals. And they include finances, yes. But they also include like, how do we want to feel this quarter? Like, what are we going for? Like, there's, there's other, a lot of other things that wouldn't show up in a traditional business plan. And I think that's really, really important. And so I think setting some... And I, the other here I want to make is that set goals that are realistic because there's, there's you know, I think there's a lot of messaging saying has hey, set, you know, really big goals and then you don't reach them and you feel terrible. So I just think to keep things within reach, it just makes you feel a lot better at the quarter when you're like, yes, I did that.
1: Yeah. Well, and if you do set a really ambitious goal, you you should really have a formula for how you're going to get there. <laughs> I mean, right. it's it's not like journal wishing I mean, a certain amount of money and circling it on a paper and looking at it. I mean, that's not what I believe. At least, like, I don't think that works. I I really feel like it is math. It's just basic like figuring out a formula and following the steps and being willing to, you know, to risk what's involved in and in taking those steps because often there's risk involved and there's money there's a lot of money to spend on the table if you really want to build something big. But I I think that it's not rocket science to do it. Like I mean I would say after five years it's it's pretty predictable. And mm-hmm. there's also I think some comfort that comes in that it starts to feel more like a job or having you know like having a, a job with a paycheck. Like take refuge in the fact that it's pretty predictable, basic math involved. And you can figure that and you're not going to know all those numbers when you're just starting out because you haven't figured out how much it costs you to acquire a customer yet, but you will, you'll you'll figure that out in the first three or six months. So yeah, I, I think that's right. And I I do think that it's important for us to have goals beyond finances. Like you said, Sandy, like we have a each pick a word that defines our vision for the year in terms of this business, I really try to live by that word or that phrase. And I think that that defines the year of the business to me and what it means to me. And sometimes those words are more ambitious than others. So yeah, I mean, this is really your your dream and your vision. You get to make what you want of it, but we're just, we're really trying to give you some concrete steps to think through and some factors to think through when you're just getting started. And remember, you'll
0: never feel ready. That's right. (laughs) Okay, joy and hustle. Let's do it. You have joy. I I do have the joy. So the joy is a whole bunch of
1: joys. It's like joy squared, joy infinity. (laughs) (laughs) So we have an Amazon store that we're going to send you over to with just chock full of a bunch of our favorite things and we do of course get a small affiliate commission for anything that you buy through those links but it's all of our favorite things so it's like oprah's favorite things magazine but on amazon just for your business and so you can go to soulful.mba store and we have curated categories so things like equipment and books and other tools and
0: gear and just fun things in there too yeah, we would really appreciate if you did visit it and it helps support the podcast because we do get a few dollars with the sales. So check it out, soulful.mba slash store. Mm-hmm. And then in that store, we have The Hustle, which I cannot believe I have not told you about, Jenny.
1: I know you were just telling me about this before we hit record and I'm kind, I was like, <laughs> you had to like pull me away from Amazon in order to record this
0: podcast. All right. So I think that I have... We've, we talked a lot, I think in earlier podcasts, we talked a lot about different planners and different organizers and stuff. And I have returned to my roots with a particular kind of notebook that is, the brand is Blue Line. Mm-hmm. It is called the Miracle Bind, It's kind of miraculous. And so I've struggled with all the different planners out there and I've actually just stopped buying any and just use a notebook, like a spiral bound notebook. But then I remembered I had this one years and years and years ago at the store and it's a spiral bound notebook, but the pages are reinforced at the rings so you can take the pages out and move them around. And so what that allows me to do is, so also it comes with little, like peel and stick tabs. You can make little dividers with the pages. And so, for example, I'll have a section called podcast and I will write notes for our podcast or whatever's happening. But then if that section gets filled, I just take a blank piece of paper and add it to the podcast section. So with the normal spiral bound, you know, thing, I can't move the pages around. So that's like limiting. So then mm-hmm. podcasts will get filled and then I'll have to like skip forward pages to have more podcast notes. And it's not all together. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. So you know what I'm saying? I have some questions for you, how many okay. tab dividers can I make in my notebook? There's like over 20 tabs. Okay, all right, that should be enough. T- uh-huh. No one should need more than twenty tabs. So <laughs> right. you could you could make this into a planner if you wanted. If you yes. wanted to make if your you own, wanted to do like
0: monthly or something. Mm-hmm. I thinking. might use these
1: tabs in my dot journal. I'm just telling you, I might like <laughs> buy this and then take the tabs and use them for something else. But no, I'm very excited about this because I use my planner for my notebook now because of this same problem. Is I just right. I like get lost. I wrote something in a notebook and I don't know where it is. But at least I have like some association with the dates and the months so I can be like, oh, remember when we talked in July about that Mm -hmm. thing? And then I can, I I remember that it was the summer and I kind of maybe know what I was wearing that day and then I can look back. And you just flip back through pages and pages hoping you'll come across it. Yeah, but it's still very disorganized. So I love this idea. I'm gonna definitely order one.
0: Yeah, so I think I think just like categorizing your notes. So, for example, with our dev meetings, when we meet with the dev team, I write down everything that we talked about or whatever the issues are, whatever. I have it in a section and I can go back to my dev section and go back to see what he said about whatever topic. And I don't have to do what you just described. So mm-hmm. this is and then I just keep adding pages. And then mm-hmm. you can also buy replacement pages. Oh, so I love, if you I love some replacement pages, I do. <laughs> so sometimes they're just nonsense pages and I rip them out and recycle it, but then now then I can just add more pages mm-hmm. as I need. So yep, it's a good little product. And it's like $18 or something. It, it yeah, looks, that's it's not, on it's in not our, a bad price. So Yeah, that's what's
1: it's in our Amazon store. Yeah. Go check it out. Soulful.mba slash store. We're going to be adding more and more stuff to that. I forgot about our store. We made it a while ago and then
0: like kind of forgot about it. So that's kind of exciting. All our favorite things are there. And that also includes all the video gear that we recommend. So the webcam and our camcorder, all that kind of stuff is also in our store. So you don't even have to think. Just go there. Super convenient.
1: Yep. Okay. Well, (gasps) all right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Sandy. We'll
0: see you next time. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Ready to go from, I really want to build an online business, but don't know where to start, to, wow, I've just sold my first digital product. That's exactly what we're going to help you do during our free Become an Online Teacher course. We've created a simple five-day email-based course To teach you everything you need to get started as an online teacher. By the end of the week, you'll have a digital product that's mapped out, priced, and ready to offer your community. Head over to soulful.mba/slash teacher to sign up. It's totally free.